Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library, and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching! <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalized results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI... Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> and edit it. <laughs> hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music, or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. <laughs> <laughs> and you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hello and welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicky and I'm here with Matt Stewart and Jess Perkins. Hello, Dave. Hello, Jess. Hello, Matt. Hello, Dave. Hello, Matt. Hello, Jess. <laughs> what fun. <laughs> we are here hanging out, having a great night. It's oh. Saturday night where we are. Don't yes. know where you are in the world, but it's Saturday night it's here. It's on a few Saturday nights lately. We're it, having a real good time in here. Yeah. It's very late on a Saturday night. Saturday night fever, basically creeping in. Yeah, which Fran Drescher... Had a small role in. <laughs> Fun fact. Fun fact. Do you know that because we did a Patreon bonus episode on the nanny last month. Exactly. Oh, man. That's still probably one of my favourites of all time. Show. Not your report. It was horrendous. But the show. No, the, the report was fantastic. <laughs> I hate the show, but I love the report. Yeah. So that's a little angel and a devil on my yeah, shoulder like here. the yin and the yang. Oh, but know? I lied. I, did, I also love the nanny. The nanny. Anyway, yes, we are here. It's Saturday night and we're ready for some fun. Absolutely. Before we get into the fun, though, we've got to tell you that Brisbane show is one week closer than it was last week. 
Yeah, that's Tickets true. are selling, which is fantastic. We appreciate the people that jumped on board early. August the 11th at The Zoo, which is not a zoo but a venue in Fortitude Valley. Hugely few, disappointing few people us. asking if the primates will be there. Sadly, probably not. Oh, oh yes. At the show right. because we are not at The Brisbane I mean, zoo. I'll be there. Um, and we are all primates. Yeah, that's true. Did, did you notice that someone also asked if we picked zoo because it it looks like two hundred? <laughs> yes, yes, we did. We do that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, because we are one hundred percent on purpose. We could not find a venue called two hundred yeah. episode. <laughs> <laughs> do go on two hundredth episode is not a popular bar name. Um, I was expecting more people to say, "Did you pick the zoo?" Because that's what uh, in the Mister Hands report. From Coast and Millie. <laughs> yeah, that's what their uh, forum was animals. called. Yeah, I had forgotten that. They're in the zoo. So we'll be at the zoo. Uh, no Mr. Hands type stuff. Nope. August the 11th doing our 200th episode live and then also a Do Go On quiz straight after that. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Tickets are available now at dogoonpod.com. And it's a two show and one show. Yeah, two for one. Unbelievable. That's a that. much easier way of saying it. And then three Two shows in one show. <laughs> <laughs> and then three out, of, three out of four of the next nights after that, you can see Matt and Jess doing stand up. Razzle Dazzle is the name of the show. And you can find out more information and buy tickets via mattstuartcomedy.com slash gigs. And that's and, at Hayo Bar, also in Fortitude Valley, same as the zoo. Yes. What a place to hang out. Oh, Fortitude Valley, it's the place to be. Yeah, and, and we're going to be there for a week. Yeah, Razzle Dazzle. It's going to be so much fun. That live pocket. I really can't wait for that week. I love Brisbane. Such a fun time we're going to have. Mm, mm. All right. Thank Especially you. Especially if people come. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for the people that will really come. Really only if people come. So please come. Please. Well, I'd still have fun. Oh, God, oh, please. Hanging out with you. And afterwards, I'm going to go to that video game bar and set a new record on the Tony Hawk PlayStation 1 game. <laughs> oh, last time I was oh, up there, it was yeah, closed. We've got to get back there. The, um, What's it called? I'm blanking on it, but it's a great bar. Yeah, we'll go back. Yeah, good fun. Good fun, that place. All right. We Let, lost you for a while. Oh, that man, I was going crazy <laughs> on that machine. I was like, has anybody seen Dave? Tony He's Hawk 2, get me in there. <laughs> Ruin Glyphberg. Yes, please. <laughs> All right, let's crack on with this week's episode. And uh, if you haven't heard the show before, what we do is we report on a topic. We take it in turns to report on that topic, usually suggested by a listener, and it is the People's Champion, Jess Perkins' uh, report this week. Yes, Matt, I am the champion of yes, the people. Yes, you are. Yeah. And Matt and I don't know what you're going to report on. It's been kept a secret from us, but to get us on You never on do. Topic, I'm kooky. Yeah, I know. You're always covering your laptop. Don't look. Oh, don't, don't look. Don't copy me. <laughs> don't copy my report. Uh, you're going to ask a question to get us on topic. I am. And my question to you, fellas, and all the people at home is, which American journalist was a massive influence on the concept of investigating Gonzo guy. What's his name? Journalism. Hunter S. Thompson. Hunter S. Thompson. No. Oh. oh, I really thought it was as well. I thought it was going to be him as well. So, uh, <laughs> in, influence on investigative journalism. Yes, one of the earliest examples of. Ooh, Do you, I think. Are we like? Are we likely to have heard of this um, name? Is it Jesus? Maybe. Maybe you would. How have. early are we going? Biblical uh, times. Is it Johnny Journalist? It's eighteen hundreds. <gasps> is it the guy who plays Superman? Yeah, yeah. Clark, Clark Kent. Kent. He plays Superman. Clark Gable. Well, that's the interesting thing. Is Clark Kent? The secret identity or is Superman? Think about it. Who's the real one and who's the fake? In a way, both. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you. Mm. Poignant. Um, Well, you're you're wrong in your assumption of uh, he. Oh, it's a dog. (laughs) (laughs) An an animal detective journalist. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Um, 
I'm trying to think of American. So you said American. Yes. Early, what are we, 1800s? 1800s. Oh, I have no idea about American 1800s. It's pretty great. I've put this up to uh, vote a few times and it's always just missed out. They finally took the hint, did they, (laughs) on the Patreon and voted for this? Well, no, because this is my choice, so I got to pick it. Oh, Oh. you took your own hint. Did you take this out of the Jack the Hat McVitie? It is out of the Jack the Hat McVitie. Have you heard of Nellie Bly? Oh, maybe. I think not. No, I'm thinking of Nellie White. Uh, the Melbourne comedian that Dave did a show with years ago. <laughs> Actually, the person who was meant to be the co-host of this <laughs> podcast. I was trying to. I'm like, how do? I, how, why am I connecting her to you, Dave? <laughs> That's right. Oh, it's because she was meant to sit in this seat. <laughs> but I know. Really? Well, really those years ago, I asked her first. You asked would... her first. That's right. But she was already doing another podcast. She told me, so she didn't want to commit. To, yeah, about to wine and cheese. I think. Yeah. I remember listening to that. I did Funny not stuff. know other people were asked before me. Well, then I asked Matt, obviously. Oh, okay. This is pre-Matt. And then we asked you. Okay, yeah. So you really are the third choice here. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, you were the first person we asked once it was me and Dave. Yeah. But before it was me, Dave asked Nellie. Right. Nellie was in for a bit, but then she couldn't. And Dave, I was the second choice. You were the first third choice. (laughs) Hmm. I'll take it. Best choice I've ever made, but Nellie Bly. Nellie Bly. So this has been suggested by heaps of people, actually. And like I said, I put it up uh, to vote in the past and I think um, maybe even a couple of times because I think I, I pulled her out again for one of those, like, second chance. Oh, I love a second chance love vote. a second chance vote. So fun. And each time she's just missed out. Um, so this time I was like, I want to look into it. So it's been suggested by Simon Dick, Adam King, Bridget Amble, are you laughing at Adam King? No, Simon Dick. I know, dickhead, I'm joking. <laughs> Johnny Dawson. I was so focused on his name, I didn't even really hear what you said. I was just wanted to say. It's also been solicited by Selena Houts, uh, Hannah White and Sarah. Wow. No surname. That's a lot of suggestions. A lot of suggestions. And, um, For something I've never heard of. Th- the reason it triggered into my mind again is that on Stan, that streaming service, they have a season of Drunk History and I was a bit hungover one day and just wanted something easy and funny to watch. And I was watching it and they talk about Nellie Bly and I was like, that is a great story. Um, but they were just talking about one thing that she did. She actually did a bunch of different things and I'm going to try and talk about three major things that she did in her, in her career. Cool. If that's cool with you guys. A little triptych, so to speak. I guess so, yeah. But firstly... Some early life. Who is Nellie Bly? Where did it all begin? Well, Nellie Bly is actually Elizabeth Jane Cochrane, and she was born on the 5th of May, 1864, in Cochrane's Mill in Pennsylvania. It sounds like you are doing a report on someone else. You said this was going to be about Nellie Bly. Yep. Now you're saying it's about some Cockrell's person. Yep, that's her name. Hmm. Agree to disagree. <laughs> so I'm literally one dot point in. <laughs> well, I'm interested to know that is she important in this town if she's got the surname that the town has? Yeah, her dad named Cochrane's Mill after themselves, which I'll explain in a moment. She was one of ten kids. Oh. Do they know what was causing it? <laughs> so much fucking. Um, ten. 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 Well, two marriages, two of her father's marriages. So 10 kids, five from each wife. I love that. Keep it even. Five from each wife equal 10. Jeez, Jess, you must be loving this. Yeah, I love that. 
nice, it, clean numbers. Yeah. It all makes sense. Keep it clean. In my Keep little brain. Do you get to four and you think, well, may as well. May as well go one more. Four. Well, we're here. Yeah. Well, you're down there. <laughs> so he had, he had his, down there? He had his first, first five kids with his uh, first wife, Catherine Murphy, and another five with his second wife and Nellie's mother, Mary Jane Kennedy. Um, her father was a man named... Michael Cochran, who was the son of an Irish migrant. He was a labourer and mill worker before buying the local mill and most of the land surrounding his family farmhouse. That's quite nice. You work your way out the mill, you buy the mill. Yeah. And he later became a merchant, a postmaster and associate associate justice at Cochran's Mill, which he named after himself, uh, which is in Pennsylvania. And they lived quite comfortably. Um, Like they weren't they weren't mega wealthy, but they were like they were comfortable. But when Michael Cochran died, when Elizabeth was about six, the family were unable to maintain the land or the property, and her mother moved the family to Pittsburgh. <gasps> On the Golden Mile, Pittsburgh, mm. Pennsylvania. Yep. I read somewhere that she attended teacher's college briefly, so she was at least fairly educated. Um, but due to the family's lack of funds, she couldn't afford to finish her education. She left school to help her mother run a boarding house. And when she was either 16 or 21, depending on which article you read. (laughs) Everything's in fives. (laughs) Somewhere in that span. Um, She wrote an article in the Pittsburgh Dispatch, which she was very angered by. One resource said the article was called What Girls Are Good For, and I want that to be true, so we're going to go for that. It was called What Girls Are Good For, and that basically this article just said that girls were principally for birthing children and keeping the house. That was all they were really good for. Right, I see. And she was not having it. When they say girls, I mean women? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, teenagers, you so, know, birthing so, age. So the bit that you have the most, biggest problem with in this? <laughs> <laughs> Apart uh, from that, it's fine. It should say women are only good for birthing, <laughs> please. That's well, a bit just, oh, No, I was, I was wondering, are they talking about a young children? No. Well, it's not about have young children aren't having children. Yeah, when I say young, I mean teenagers. Yeah, you know, as an old man, teenagers are young. This children. is the late eighteen hundreds as well, so marrying. Are you very saying it was young. a different time? It was a different time. Okay. They'd all be very old now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're all dead now, big time. Oh, that's sad. this sad story just got sad. <laughs> <laughs> so she wasn't having it. She thought this article was a big old pile of BS. So she penned an open letter to the editor under the pseudonym. Lonely orphan girl. Massive slap in the face to her mum. That's like, <laughs> do they, people have pseudonyms like that before the internet? Yeah. Lonely orphan girl yeah. underscore 15. At hotmail.com. Yeah. <laughs> the, the editor was a guy called George Madden and he was impressed with her passion and ran an ad asking the author to identify herself. Um, when Lonely she... orphan girl, please identify yourself. Yeah. Also, she's not an orphan. I know. Throwing us off the scent. Which is a bit. Seriously. Slap in the face to mum there. Jess definitely yeah. said that 30 seconds ago. Yeah, I did. <laughs> oh, did you? Those exact words. Did you actually say that? Yes. <laughs> as soon as I said lonely orphan girl, I followed it immediately with a slight comedic beat. I said, bit of a slap in the face to mum there. That is a bit of a slap in the face to mum there. <laughs> that You saying that was a bit of a slap in the face to mum there, mum being Jess. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. I am the mum of this pod and you too need to eat your veggies. Anyway... A bit of slap in the face to my mum there. Um. <laughs> so they, they ran an ad saying, uh, come forth, identify yourself, show yourself. And uh, she... I really hope that's exactly what it said. <laughs> It'd be so good. 
She uh, got in contact, she introduced herself to him and he offered her the opportunity to write a piece for the newspaper, again, using the pseudonym of Lonely Orphan Girl. Her first article for the dispatch. <laughs> People are crying out for the lonely orphan. Yeah, girl. they're like, "Does this is this a child needing a, pair, a family, a home?" Why? Why did she use the pseudonym if she was pretty happy to be found? And I guess, yeah, I don't know. I guess she still just didn't want her identity. She, yeah, and she probably didn't realize that the editor would actually be like, "Do you want a job?" Yeah, right. yeah. Um, so now she's writing articles, or she, well, she's been given the opportunity to write an article. So the first one she wrote was entitled "The Girl Puzzle." <laughs> And it was about how divorce affected women. Uh, in it, she argued for reform of divorce laws. And Madden was very impressed again and offered her a full-time job as a regular columnist. So she's got a gig. Good stuff. It was quite customary then for female newspaper writers to use pen names. And the editor suggested Nellie Bly. But what I don't get is, A, why you're using a pen name to protect your identity, I suppose. But yeah. but I also thought a lot of them, a lot of like female writers way back in the day would write under a man's name, but this is just a different woman's name. Right. Yeah, I think maybe in this instance because I imagine at the time some of the stuff she's writing is quite controversial. Right, okay. So maybe you are distancing yourself from those opinions that a lot of People probably were not ready to cool. hear at the time. Yeah, I suppose that makes maybe, sense. Maybe, yeah. I but tried, I think she's already got a great... Pseudonym. Lonely Orphan Girl 15 is so good. Yeah. How do you top that? Nellie Bly. Mm, Mm. It's fine. Um, So she wanted her writing to focus on the lives of working women and she wrote a series of investigative pieces about women factory workers. And the factory owners weren't happy with this and complained to the newspaper. And Nellie was reassigned to the Society Pages, also known as the Women's Pages, to cover fashion, society, and gardening. You know, the things women want to read about. Big three. Don't worry yourself with news and politics and yada, 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 yada. Here's how to make a delightful apple pie. Yeah. And I know it is, I know it's, um, it's, it's a bad and backward and stuff, but I'd love that to be my life. Writing about? No, just living that life. My concerns are gardening. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just being in society. Yeah. <laughs> Going to some balls. Yeah. I would love to not not know about politics. That would be nice, actually. I could do that. I don't know what. Maybe tomorrow I'm just going to do some gardening. What am I talking about? I don't want to do gardening. <laughs> gardening sucks. I'm just like in my head. I'm like, how cool are plants? But I don't want to be around. I don't want to deal with I wanna, them. I, I want to be around them, but I don't want to be dealing with. I them. I want someone else to look after them. Mm. Yeah, I've what, got two women. plants in my house, and they're both dying. Yeah. And I could probably do something about it, and it's too much effort. There's two pot plants on the windowsill right in front of me when I'm doing the dishes, mm. and I'm just looking at them slowly wilting, going, jeez, if only there was another way. I'm standing at a tap. Yeah, I could water them. It's such a, cl- a, a short run to get water into them. Anytime my parents were gardening and they'd say, do you want to give us a hand in the garden? I Usually I tried to be a pretty helpful kid if I asked for help, but with gardening I would just be blatantly like, fuck no, I do not want to do I will sit on this couch where I can see you gardening and I will watch you sit out there in the heat. I'm going to watch TV this entire time. I found weeding pretty satisfying. If you get a clean, get them right out by the roots, that was pretty sweet. Yeah. I'll water with a hose from a distance. Okay. But From anything, the couch inside, <laughs> through the window. Anything complicated, no thanks. Anyway. That's a bit d- of slap in the face to mum. <laughs> I'll never own a property and have a garden to tend anyway, so it's Fair fine. Enough. 
Um, yeah, so anyway, she's now she's writing for the society pages. And, yes, this is the norm for female journalists. But Nellie grew increasingly bored. Still at the age, she was only 21. She, or 16. <laughs> but this time I'm pretty sure she's 21. She went to Mexico as a foreign correspondent. She was determined to do something no girl has done before, which, spoiler alert, she'll go on to do a few more times. Uh, she spent about six months in Mexico reporting on lives and customs of the Mexican people, and her dispatches later were published in uh, book form as Six Months in Mexico. They were very creative with titles. She's so booksma. Six months in Mexico. Yeah. How does she think that's of it? I don't know. I like that's, a he- it. That's, a, that's a headline. I'm listening. I don't know how they do it. I'm reading. You got my attention. It's also so weird that she's just like, she's just writing about the Mexican people. I find that kind of weird. Like she's observing animals in their natural habitat. She's right. like, oh, yeah, look at this, what they do. But I suppose back then travel was less common. So it probably was a lot more interesting to hear about different cultures. I just get well, I mean, the culture. It's, it's, there, there is a very famous magazine called National Geographic that does exactly that. No, 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 I know, but it's more, yeah, but, yeah, true, I guess. Does that probably goes back to 1800s, does it, National Geographic? Yeah, it's pretty old. Anyway. It's, it's a bit yeah, clickbaiting, like the title, don't you think? Six, six months, months in Mexico. Mexico. Oh, yeah, great. You click on it and it's not even six months. Yeah, top ten things to do in Mexico. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> um, after six months, she actually had to flee Mexico after the authorities learned about one of her reports which had criticised the Mexican government, which at the time was a dictatorship under Porfirio Diaz. Oh, dear, you do not cross Porfirio. Don't and she had to him. flee the country. Badass. So she's back in the States. She's back to the Pittsburgh Dispatch. And, of course, she's reporting on hard-hitting stuff like theatre and art. And she's, That sounds great. <laughs> it's, I know, just to be able to, like, look at some art. But the annoying thing would be that, it's not her interest and she's got it's like just based on her gender. Very annoying. Exactly. If that's what you want to write about, dream job. Yeah. Sick. But she's like, I'm bored by this. Like that uh that snooty guy from Fraser. Remember him? No. He that's he was all about. He used to just do that stuff. I want to be him. That's a great life. But Talk. not for Nelly. Nelly goes I wanna be a snooty guy. <laughs> do you think I could do it? Do you think I could pull it off? No. If I use a pseudonym. No. And I just start writing in and I write a bit more snooty than I would otherwise. No. <laughs> okay, hear me out. No. What's your, sn- your snootonym? Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Fuck you. Laugh at Dave's joke. That was that's, very that's good. Is that a good pun word? That was, well, I, is it a pun? Yeah. I think I'd call myself uh, Pheasant P. <laughs> Frithenfrop. Well, that's good. Pheasant P. Frithenfrop. Yeah. That's oh, very well, nice. Actually, I love Pheasant P. Back on board. Is that a snootonym? <laughs> yeah, that's a, the snootiest snootonym I know. Oh, Patreon section at the end. Let's do snootonyms for everyone. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> oh, I hope we don't forget <laughs> between now and then. <laughs> there's, a, there's a chance. It's possible. Um, anyway, so she's back to writing theatre and art, and she thinks, nah, fuck this. So in 1887, she leaves the Pittsburgh Dispatch and heads for New York City. Oh, oh. the Big Apple. City never sleeps. She's 23 at this point. She takes off for a new city wanting to write some real stories. Mm. It took her a few months, but eventually she talked her way into the office of uh, New York World, the newspaper published by <laughs> Joseph Pulitzer of <gasps> Pulitzer Prize fame. Oh, I just like the idea it took a few months to talk her way into the office. She was at the door for <laughs> three on! months. Please let me in. Honestly. Please. No, come on. Please. 
I won't leave until you let me in. Greg right? Pulitzer's like leaving <laughs> every night, walking past. Sorry, we'll see you, see you tomorrow, I guess. <laughs> She's still there in the morning pleading. Come on. Oh, morning, Mr. Pulitzer. Let me in? No. no. <laughs> Thank you. No. no. So she talks her way into the office and uh, she impressed them enough to leave with an assignment. And this is her writing later. She says, I was asked by the world if I could have myself committed to one of the asylums for the insane in New York with a view to writing a plain and unvarnished narrative of the treatment of the patients therein. That is cool. Yeah. I imagine those places would have been no good back then. They were like, they had a bit of a, there was rumours about their treatment of people in them, but nobody had really sort of looked into it properly. (laughs) Isn't it wild? Yeah. These people have been treated awfully. Apparently. I mean, we haven't looked into it. Yeah, that's (laughs) That's what I've heard. heard. But, you know, hopefully it just gets better. Surely it can't be that bad. So neither her nor the editors had a clear plan of how they'd get her out of the asylum once she got in. (laughs) But nonetheless, she got to work. Firstly, she had to get in. So she went and took a room at a boarding house called Temporary Homes for Females. Uh, She used the name Bly Brown and began questioning and imitating the women who seemed most insane to her. Okay. So she's just like, okay, you look crazy. I'm going to copy what you're doing. And then questioning them too. Yeah. And she like, she stayed up all night so that she sort of had that wide-eyed, dazed look. She practised like looking crazy. She started doing overnights on radio. Yeah, it'll drive you mental. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> um, so she's there, she's living um, in this house. She'd make accusations to the matron that other patrons were insane. She'd refuse to go to bed. Eventually uh, she'd scared enough people <laughs> of the other patrons that she was taken by the police to a local courthouse where she was examined by the police, by a judge and by a doctor. And all she said is, I'm not crazy, they're all crazy. And they went, okay. Uh, she's, all she wanted was a Pepsi. I know, I know what to do. <laughs> so they sent Bly to Bellevue Hospital where she got a taste of the suffering to come as hospital inmates were forced to eat spoiled food and live in squalid conditions. Oh, God. I mean, she, it doesn't sound like they're going to get better, does it? It just gets worse. So uh, eventually, after a few assessments, she was diagnosed with dementia and other psychological illnesses, she was sent by ferry to Blackwell's Island in the East River. It's now known as Roosevelt Island. It was named, uh, it was changed in the 70s. Um, And she was taken to the Women's Lunatic Asylum. It was originally built to hold a 1,000 patients, but it was uh, crammed with more than 1,600 people when she arrived in the fall of 1887. So they're overcrowded. They're understaffed because of massive budget cuts. There were 16 doctors on staff. That's 100 patients each. Maths. That's pretty good. Pretty Pretty good good math. Thank you so much. I'm so glad it was an easy number. But, yeah, so they're they're wildly understaffed um, and the conditions are disgusting. So according to biography.com, Bly quickly befriended her fellow inmates who revealed rampant psychological and physical abuse. Patients were forced to take ice-cold baths and remain in wet clothes for hours leading to frequent illnesses. They were forced to sit still on benches without speaking or moving for stints lasting 12 hours or more. Some patients were tethered together with ropes and forced to pull carts around like mules. (laughs) Why? I know. What what, purpose? Exactly. What are you achieving there? Apparently, I think it was, I read somewhere else that it was like the most, the patients they deemed the most dangerous. They just tied them together. (laughs) That'll sort itself out. Yeah. Put the dangerous ones together in very close proximity. 
It's yeah. very strange. It sounds, yeah, it's old ideas about medicine and stuff are always, yeah. you know, it boggles the mind. The um, mind, it boggles. Yeah. It's just so crazy it might work. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, to me, it sounds a little bit like the lunatics have taken over the <laughs> asylum. <laughs> This is still from Biographer.com. It says, Food and sanitary conditions were horrific with rotten meat, mouldy stale bread and frequently contaminated water dished out. Those who complained or resisted were beaten and Bly even spoke of the threat of sexual violence by vicious, tyrannical staffers. So it's pretty, it's completely fucked. Once she was in, she abandoned any pretense at mental illness and began to behave like she would normally. She just right. went. She went completely normal, and the hospital staff seemed unaware that she was no longer insane, and instead began to report her ordinary actions as symptoms of her illness. Right. So they're just like completely oblivious. What a nightmare! This sounds like a like a psychological thriller, yeah. slash horror movie. And at what Awful. point do you reckon she thinks, "Oh shit"? Yeah, I'm in trouble here. I yeah, this is too much because it's it's so gross and like. Bathing them, it would just like same bath water, just cold buckets of cold water over the top of them. It was awful, disgusting. And after ten days of living in these conditions, her employer managed to secure her release, and she left the asylum. So she was only there for ten days, which still, is still is, an absolute nightmare. You'd be panicking that the the boss isn't going to come through. For yeah, you. they're not going to be able they're to gonna leave or... you in there. Because <clears throat> I imagine it's very difficult to convince them, hey, actually, I'm a journalist. Yeah, because anything um, you say, they're like, okay. Like for jo- Joseph Pulitzer, so mm-hmm. is that okay? Yeah. Oh, that's great. What uh, a wonderful job you have. Yeah, yeah back in the ice bath. Yeah, of course exactly. you do. Yes. So what came from this experience was a series of articles for the New York World later compiled into a book titled 10 Days. <laughs> in Mexico. In a madhouse. Oh. <laughs> Ten days in a madhouse. What? I, I, so this this is a pretty groundbreaking type of story, then. Yeah, massive. Um, undercover. That yeah, that sort of undercover, really immersive um, investigation was not common at all. So a lot of people, including doctors, were perplexed about how she managed to fake her way in. And she actually spoke on how the main physician that performed her examination was more focused on the attractive nurse that was assisting the exam uh, than Nellie herself. So she was like, it was pretty easy because he wasn't really paying attention. Um, A lot of medical professionals tried to explain how she tricked everyone, but her reports actually resulted in a massive investigation into the conditions of the asylums and resulted in an enormous budget increase. I read a few different numbers, but somewhere between eight hundred and fifty thousand and one million dollars. And this is in the eighteen hundreds. Right, that's so a lot of money. Huge. It was this massive, like, grand jury investigating it, and they ended up bumping it up um, by so much. And the grand jury also ensured that future examinations were more thorough, um, and that only the seriously ill were committed to the asylum. And approximately a month after her articles ran in print, many of the most glaring problems she'd reported had improved. There was better living and sanitary conditions, um, more nourishing meals were provided, translators were hired for the foreign-born who were not necessarily mentally ill but simply couldn't understand their keepers. Oh, my God. Isn't that in- that's That's insane. That's Wild. It's like, I'm not insane. I'm just Spanish. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, so, oh, oh. I just don't understand. It's just a made-up language. They're what are they saying? Speaking this gibberish here. And, I just don't quite understand. Some of, the, some of the, the people in here are speaking the gibberish to each other, so they it's understand each other. They're communicating. So weird. Like they've taught one of the other people the gibberish. Yeah. It's Let's wild. study them. <laughs> yeah. 
And actually, um, also some of the most abusive nurses and physicians were fired and replaced immediately as well. So people lost, bad people lost their jobs. So that was great. Um, Nellie said, I left the insane ward with pleasure and regret, pleasure that I was once more able to enjoy the free breath of heaven, regret that I could not have brought with me some of the unfortunate women who lived and suffered with me and who I am convinced are just as sane as I am, uh, as I was and am now myself. Right, but it does sound like she really improved conditions quickly. Yes, massive. Free breath of heaven. It's a weird turn of phrase. it's a weird way to put it, but... You know, it was a different time. Yeah, I reckon we should chuck her in an asylum for that. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I think actually (laughs) she's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, they read the article going, hang on. (laughs) Is this Spanish? So the book's made her a massive success. People are loving it. What does she do next? Movies, Hollywood. (laughs) It's It's funny. In my head, I'm like, this uh, all comes out and I'd be like back then expecting people to be like, yeah, those places are bad. I'd, it's kind of cool that even way back then they were like, this is not on. Yeah, the you know, in my mind, oh, yeah, 150 I mean. years ago, it's a nightmare time oh, where everyone's so, assholes. They're all brutal. They don't care. Oh, you've got mental health issues. I don't give a fuck. That's not a yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah, I've got but dysentery. Like there was, I mean, at least they it, it shocked people and they made it better. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's huge. Really exciting. So now she's looking for something else to do. Well, about 15 years earlier, a French author by the name of Jules Verne had written a little book, Dave, called... 300 Metres Under the Sea. 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea? No. (laughs) Around the World in 80 Days? There we go. Around the World in 80 Days. And Nellie, being who she is, That is a very similar naming um, style. Yeah. It's a simpler time. It's everything is a place and an amount of time. Yeah, everything, every Pretty good at it. article was named back then. Well, Nellie suggested that she put that time frame to a test. She was like, I can do it faster. And her editor resisted, saying it wasn't something a lady would be capable of. Oh. A lady. And Nellie said, well, that's fine. You send a man and I'll go to a different newspaper and they can send me and we'll see. And they went, okay, yep, you can do it. <laughs> so <laughs> they gave in and Nellie took off on her journey on November 14, 1889, on board the uh, Augusta Victoria. Apparently all she took with her was the dress she was wearing, a sturdy overcoat, several changes of underwear, smart, and a small travel bag carrying her toiletries and that was about it. She also had most of her money, which was only 200 pounds, and... Uh, um, in a little bag tied around her neck. <laughs> <laughs> like a, she is a dog. I was right in the first. She's a Saint Bernard. Shut up. I'm saving that twist uh, for the she, end. She took her collar. Yeah. She so a leash for walkies. <laughs> so, yeah, one dress seems like a wild idea. Yeah. And do you think she took 80 pairs of underwear? No, you'd have to wash, surely. Oh, never wash on holiday. Take one for every day. Dave, we were on tour for like three weeks. Took 21 pairs, baby. Do you have that many pairs of underwear? Actually, yes. It's a problem. (laughs) (laughs) It's a problem. I've got a problem. Anyway, so unbeknownst to Nellie, she had some competition. Oh, Phineas Fobb. No, well, that's that's who she thought she was racing. She was like, I'm racing the concept of time. I'm racing a fictional character. Uh, but 
The same day she left, Cosmopolitan magazine sent one of their writers on the same journey but in the opposite direction. What? Oh, well, they're going to do something in their sealed section? Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was like the hottest sex around Europe. <laughs> around the world in 80 positions. Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. That's so good and it's definitely something they've done yeah. at some point. A hundred percent. And they've, they've like made the... Um, day one dog. The pictures are like... <gasps> it's a dog again. <laughs> what are the other pictures? Just something like that. This is like a bit... They're cheeky, but they're actually not explicitly sexual. Like it might be somebody like in active wear bending down to tie their shoe. Yes. You know, like they're like, oh, it's yeah. sex, but it's not. It's like, okay. Classy. That's yeah. what that they're is. classy. <laughs> that's class. <laughs> the woman that was chosen was Elizabeth Bisland. She was the literary editor of Cosmo. And apparently she, uh, day to day, she reveled in gracious hospitality and smart conversation, both of which were regularly on display. In Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching! <laughs> You can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> And edit it. <laughs> hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. <laughs> <laughs> and you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. The literary salon that she hosted in her small apartment where members of New York's creative set gathered to discuss the artistic issues of the day. She was a socialite. She was, like, good-looking. She was, yeah, that's what she did. And that's totally fine. So her editor asked her to race and she said no because she had guests coming for dinner and nothing to wear on the journey. (laughs) (laughs) But eventually uh, she agreed. It was also said that she had no desire to do it because she knew that it would, like, cultivate some notoriety. She knew it would be, like... A big deal, and she didn't want the fame. She didn't right. want that she attention. Cruise. Yeah, she was just like, no, so, I'm, I'm happy with what I'm doing now. Sounds like she was living a pretty good life. Living a pretty Throwing good life. Throwing some gardening, a bit of weeding, oh. and I'm in heaven. Well, she's got an apartment, so I'm, maybe not uh, a much of a garden space. Thou breath of heaven, or whatever. That yes, weird. that sweet 
heaven, heavenly breath. Yeah, that sweet heavenly breath. <laughs> but her editor convinced her to go, so on the same day that Nellie left, she left going the opposite direction. Uh-oh. Into space. <laughs> 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 yeah, same she as just her. started digging. <laughs> um, so seven days of sickness, seasickness later, and Nellie was in London. Uh, she took a trip. She took a train to Paris, um, and uh, she went and met Jules Verne himself. There was a train to Paris from London in in the eighteen hundreds. Yeah. Bloody. Wait, I'm starting to think this is late 1800s. Yeah, it is late, yes. Um, quite late. So this is like 18, this is probably the 90s, I think. Hang on, I can tell you. It is 18, oh, oh good. Oh. All of a sudden uh, 1889, 1889. Great. It's, I heard 1800, it's 100 years. Things change a lot from the early 1800s to the late, and I... Um, I reckon now I understand that people cared about people's health. I reckon that bit. changed in the 1800s. Do you reckon? It was a big century. <laughs> big century. How <laughs> um, oh, cool that she met Jules Verne. She went and met Jules Verne. Apparently, I think he invited her to come along. She was like, you know what? I'm ahead of schedule. I'll go meet Jules freaking Verne. So she did. And he uh, wished her luck. And he apparently he said, if you do it in 79 days, I shall applaud with both hands. <laughs> yeah, Jules. Like- yeah. <laughs> he goes solo in 80 days. <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah, that's how you clap. But thank you. Both. So you're using too many words, what does that mate. Mean? Yeah, yeah. I know you've got to fill out the pages of your <laughs> dumb books. But... Typical writer, hey? Uh, Not good with word economy. <laughs> yeah, the, you know, the doc on Back to the Future is a big fan of um, Jules Verne. I think he named his kids Jules and Verne. <laughs> True story. Verne really uh, took one for the team. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Day one. <laughs> So she continues through Europe and on to Egypt, blissfully unaware that she's in the middle of a competition. What? She doesn't know? She no has no idea. No one's telegrammed ahead or anything? No. Nah, no idea. My goodness. So she's just cruising along. I suppose if they could telegram, that person could easily set the record because <laughs> they'd be catching up to her on her journey. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So she continues on. Both Nellie and Elizabeth are sending back stories that are making the front pages. People are following their journeys, kind of like... It's viral. It's 1890s viral. Um, People are loving it. Nellie's editor began uh, taking bets on when she was going to arrive home down to the minute and they also reprinted accounts of Bly's journey from papers uh, in countries she'd visited. So, like, even where she's going, people are writing about it and then they're reprinting those stories back in America Uh. as well. So it's pretty wild. And she arrived in Hong Kong on Christmas Day and reported to the office of the Oriental and Occidental Steamship Company. <laughs> the Transmorophorgium. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, yeah. So she was uh, setting her date. She was, like, basically going to set up a, a ship to go to Japan. And uh, there the man in the office told her she was going to lose her race. This is the first she's heard of any race. Ah. Oh, she's thought, uh, do you mean against time? Is yeah. that what you mean? Well, I've got exactly what she wrote. She says, lose it. I don't understand what you mean, I demanded, beginning to think he was mad. Aren't you having a race around the world, he asked, as if he thought I was not Nellie Bly. <laughs> yes, quite right. I'm running a race with time, I replied. Time? I don't think that's her name. Her? Her? I repeated, thinking, poor fellow, he's quite unbalanced. 
Yes, the other woman. Yeah, time is clearly a man. <laughs> the other woman. Father time. Yeah, She's going to on. win. She left here three days ago. So Elizabeth Bisland's gotten to Hong Kong three days earlier than Nellie Bly has. No. The one who had dinner plans. Yeah. yeah well, she's got to get back for that. <laughs> they left the same day, but she's gotten to Hong Kong three days earlier. What? So probably I'm guessing that seeing as one, only one of them knows it's a race, that's a fair advantage. You know what I mean? Mm. One of them's just going, i just got to make it in 80 days. I'm going to enjoy it. You've got to make it in less than 80. Yeah. No that's worries. Easy peasy. I'm on track. I'm having a nice time while I Someone do it. Someone else is going, I'm racing this other person. Yeah, I'm not going to stop and enjoy anything. Yeah. So Nellie's pretty shocked to hear that Elizabeth was racing, but she pushed on. Uh, she apparently, I don't know how bothered she was by it, but I think she just kind of presses on. She heads for Japan, but not without a small detour to buy a monkey <laughs> while she waited for the steamship to be ready. Wait, what? I have no information about what she did with the monkey. All of a sudden, we, this became an episode of Primates. Why not? That's you can all do it, it takes. If you want. <laughs> uh, yeah, she bought a monkey. I think in Singapore. I don't know. But we don't know what happened to the monkey. No. Did she eat the monkey? Oh God, I don't think so. Let's okay. say no. Did she Bly shock the monkey? <laughs> she partied with the Did monkey. She spanked the monkey. She. <laughs> <laughs> hey Dave, it's oh. natural. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's fine. I'm fascinated. You're on a it. long journey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's been seventy days in the same pair of underpants. <laughs> you gotta spank the monkey. Yeah, come on. Where, where did that phrase come so from? So stupid, isn't it? Spank the monkey. It's not a spanking motion. It, no, it let's is, not get it's into not very monkeyish either. God is it? no, no. Where not, did that come from? Not the ones I've seen. <laughs> Am I doing it wrong? <laughs> anyway, so through a stroke of luck, Nellie had a very smooth but long trip across the Pacific to San Francisco. Where she now was... with a monkey? No, I don't okay. know where the monkey is now. I love that you added that detail. Of course. I read it. I was like, that is wild. I, but I couldn't find much else on it, so I was like, it's still going in <laughs> because she bought a monkey. She bought a monkey. She only had 200 pounds with her. How do you buy a fucking monkey? That seems like an extravagant purchase. Yeah. That seems like you can't item. eat the rest of the week. Yeah. You've blown your budget. Anyway, so she gets back to San Francisco. She's greeted in America with huge celebration. But th- Does that count? No, because she's got to go back to where she left. So she's I got to go back to New York. So she's not done, but she's back in America. The newspaper chartered a single car train to speed her across the country, a trip that she said was one maze of happy greetings, happy wishes, congratulating telegrams, fruit, flowers, <laughs> loud cheers, wild hurrahs, <laughs> rapid handshaking, and a beautiful car filled with fragrant flowers attached to a swift engine that was tearing like mad. Through flower dotted, so many fucking flowers in this scented flower dotted valley and over snow tipped mountain. It was glorious, a ride worthy of a queen. So she's having the best time. So she completed her journey, arriving back in New York on January 25th, 1890, having done it in 72 days. Whoa, Hell yeah. But where is the other woman? She's dead. <laughs> That would be cool for the story. No, it'd be bad for the story. Ooh, it would, yes, it would sort of put it yeah, down. She got a monkey, but the monkey bit her and she died. <laughs> no, she did make it. <gasps> Nellie had somehow beaten Elizabeth Bisland, who arrived four days later. Wow. That's Still beat. beating 80 days. Yes. Quite yeah. comfortably, but not beating 
Nelly motherfucking block. That's actually she, so did, cool. Maybe someone didn't charter her a single carriage train for the last yeah, that chunk of the journey. Helped. She had to walk the last four days. Yeah. Well, but, apparently it was later discovered that although Bisland had arrived in Hong Kong first, she had missed a connection uh, like to her ship and had to instead take a much slower boat, uh, which added a lot of time for her. There was one in drunk history, but it's also drunk history, so how much can you really take from it? But they, they kind of thought that maybe... Or maybe it's it's been said somewhere and I just didn't read it. But it was like uh, she gets to Hong Kong and the person there is kind of a Nellie Bly fan. It was like, nah, nah, you missed your, <laughs> you missed your boat. You have to get a different one and put her on a slower boat, right. which I, I'd like to believe just because that's fun. Um, so, yeah, so she comes back and much to uh, Elizabeth Bislin's dismay, she arrives home famous as well. Oh, no. She's like, fuck. But unlike Nellie Bly who promptly began a four-city lecture tour. <laughs> um, Elizabeth Bisland fled the attention, lived for a year in uh, Great Britain, and she never spoke publicly about the trip again after that first day. So she wow. gets back, she's like, okay, this is my trip, and then she doesn't talk about it again. She's like, I don't want the fame. What happened Very similar trip? to Booney last week. Yeah, not wanting to talk Didn't about it. Didn't want to talk she's about like, it. No, 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 that was just my thing. It's my journey. This is another wild journey, Bob. Yeah, it is, and if only I'd thought about it earlier. But, uh, this deserves its own episode. Yeah. This all came about because as a child she wrote a letter to the editor. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. And she's not done. That's what's wild to me. She's already done all this. How, so how old is she? Did you, when oh, was she born she's again? 26. Yeah, right. No. She's 26. And she's been around the world in 72 days. 72 days. Back in this era. So Nellie Bly's <sighs> journey was a world record, but only for a few months because it was beaten um, not long after by a man named George Francis Train. <laughs> His name's uh, Train. He had an advantage. But, uh, yeah, so she broke the record. Massive. And, yes, she's He 26. was actually a train. <laughs> Yeah, so to be fair, some of the uh, cross-ocean stuff was hard, yeah. but... But some of the land stuff was easy. So incredibly really easy. Balance it balanced out. Balance out. Did she get in a hot air balloon at all? God, that'd be cool, but I don't like think Jackie so. Like Jackie Chan did on the film. Mm. Uh, <laughs> um, I can't think of any of his movies. Rush Hour. Rush Hour 2. <laughs> Okay. Can you edit out that gap? Yes. <laughs> Make it sound like I was. Can you uh, increase that gap to about two minutes? <laughs> I've even going. <laughs> That's about how long it was. Isn't it? <laughs> Why can't I think of any other? My brain movie? is not working. He's though. in lots of movies. Earlier, it's... I couldn't think of. Um, I was trying to say naming convention, and I think I said something like the naming vibe thing or something like that. I've been. <laughs> I don't one. know if you said that. I think you <laughs> thought that. You thought that. I didn't even say it. No. Right. Mm. And before I said day one. <laughs> Didn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah, I noticed. That. I was like, you just went day one, and then went. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> what out of context? Yeah, I said it. I said we're talking about Jules Verne. Yeah, I said yeah. Yeah, Verne's really wearing one there, and I said day one. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> yes. You two were so polite about it. I thought it was a joke that I just didn't get. Me too. Yeah, I, was yeah, like, I said yeah. Verne's taking yeah. one for the team there. Shit name, I said, whatever. I said yeah, day, day one. one. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if I should bring this up. I don't know why I said that. I mean, you could have got away with it and then you brought it up anyway. Look, this is the most embarrassing thing since I repeated Jess's joke (laughs) word for word 10 seconds. I mean, I'm doing the report. You should probably be listening to me today at some point. All right. I know it's a nice change for you. (laughs) Day one. But try to listen. Anyway, day one. Let's see what we do. Do you have any idea what you were trying to say? I don't know. Day one. My brain let me down there. It obviously thought something. He thought it had something. 
And it didn't. <laughs> it's very late at night. You've been very sick. Okay. I'm giving you a couple of excuses there. Thank you very uh, much. Day one. Day one. Anyway, so she's 26 years old. And she's done two of her three life events, is that right? Yeah. What you're going to tell us about? So she went undercover in a lunatic's asylum, wrote huge uh, articles about it that changed those conditions. Then she went around the world in 72 days, mostly unaccompanied, which was completely unheard of back then. Women needed a chaperone. So this is that's two things that are like the biggest thing that most people would ever do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. not done. I know. So five years after she completed her world tour, she married millionaire manufacturer Robert Seaman. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Married him for the joke. Sea man. She was 31. He was 73. Whoa. <laughs> That's quite a gap. It's a bit of a gap. His loved ones were a bit suspicious. They were sure that she'd married him for his cash. No. She doesn't She doesn't seem like she... Why nah. would she... No, nah, it doesn't seem like that at all. One magazine, though, even wondered if it was an example of her stunt reporting. Oh, They're like, oh that she's, makes sense to me. She's pretending to be married and then yeah. she's going to write about it. What's like, like what's to- like the fucking old girl? <laughs> <laughs> the inside story. <laughs> the the balls the- are saggier than... <laughs> Do she- they really go to the toilet nine times in one night? Find out in this article. Yeah, she's working for Cosmo now. <laughs> Day one. <laughs> Day one of marriage. To an old man. He smells. (laughs) And he forgets a lot. Um, Yeah, so, but they seemed, you know, relatively happy. It was just a a regular marriage. Age, love knows no age barrier. (laughs) It is quite late. It is quite late. so late. Fuck. Heaven's breath. I'm (laughs) nearly done. Um, But when Robert's health started to fail. What? Why? Because he's old as shit. No. By this time, by this time he's, back then? Well, by this time he's close to 80. Yeah. They had like several years of a perfectly normal life together. But then as he gets a bit older, um, his health starts to fail a little bit. So she retired from journalism and succeeded her husband as head of the ironclad manufacturing company, which made steel containers such as milk cans and boilers. So she's uh, looking after the company. And uh, she's killing it. She's doing really well running the business. Um, Robert passed away in 1904. They'd been married for nine years by that time. And Nellie continued to run the company with great success. In business, her curiosity and independent spirit flourished. I read that and I loved it. Um, She went on to uh, patent several inventions related to oil manufacturing, many of which are still used today. So she's also invented shit. Do you have any other things? Are they uh, all re- weird, boring things? The, I think one of them was like a stackable bin kind of thing. It's funny, on Wikipedia it listed the patent numbers. <laughs> right. I was like, this is sick. <laughs> but, yeah, she's uh, she's invented a couple of things as well. Um, and for a time she was one of the leading women industrialists in, United, in the United States. But her negligence led to not noticing uh, that a factory manager was embezzling money and it resulted in the ironclad manufacturing company going bankrupt. How much oh. money was he embezzling? Quite a bit by the looks of it. I don't know how much longer she was running that company for. To be fair, a lot of biographies about her really focus quite heavily on the journalism thing or the uh, round the world thing. Right. They're kind of like, yeah, and also she ran a company, which is fucking crazy. <laughs> it's like the 1900s, the early 1900s. That's insane. Anyway, 
Um, but so it's not going very well. Not af- after, after that. So it, the company goes bankrupt, closes down. She it's goes. Not going very well. They went bankrupt. Oh, doesn't sound like they're going well. very well. It could go better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I don't want to criticize. Room to improve. I'm not a business uh, expert. It's a fixer upper. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so she goes back to journalism, and she wrote stories on Europe's Eastern Front during World War One. She was the first woman and one of the first foreigners to visit the war zone between Serbia and Austria. She was actually arrested because she was mistaken for a British spy. Ah. She was like, no, American <laughs> writer. Um, she the also, perfect cover story. <laughs> she also covered the um, women's suffrage parade of 1913. And uh, under the headline, Suffragists are Men's Superiors, her parade story predicted that it would be 1920 before women in the United States would be given the right to vote, and she was bang on. Right. So she predicted that as well. Um, but sadly, all good things must come to an end. <laughs> no, <laughs> she didn't. In January 1922, Nellie Bly passed away after contracting pneumonia. She was 57 years old. Whoa. Pretty good innings, I guess, but not it's ideal. very young. Imagine what more she could have done. But she has had an enormous impact on the world, including being a massive name in the world of investigative journalism, of feminism, and of industry. And that is my story about the absolute badass that is Nellie Bly. That is what a life. What a life, what right? What a story. She what did so much. What a dream. Crazy. Now I know why she has the drunk histories about her. Yeah. She deserves that. It's good shit. What a beautiful tribute. Ellie Kemper <laughs> plays her. The the, wow. the ultimate yeah. tribute. Ellie freaking Kemper. Okay. That's huge. That's big. That's Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah. Okay. 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 She's guest hosted The Ellen Show. Okay. Okay. Also the receptionist on The Office. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh. Okay. okay. <laughs> That's okay. But, yeah, that was it. So thank you to all those people who suggested it and um, – I'm glad we got to do it eventually because it's a pretty wild story. Absolutely. Thank you so much to everyone that did suggest that because mm. that is, I'm glad I know that. Yeah. Every now and then this show will educate. Every now and then. As well as entertain. Mostly. It gets the balance right. Yeah. And I think it did today. It's hard to get it right though, eh? <laughs> that is hard. Yeah. It's, it's an ongoing battle. Yeah. But. We're always entertaining. But we got to remember, we're not here to entertain. We're here to educate. Mm. Yeah. That's why the Board of Trustees put us in place. Yeah. Thank you to the board. Thank you. Anyway, day one. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, what we like to do at the end of every episode is spend a little bit of time with our Patreon people. Yes. It is so good to have uh, the Patreon people here with us again today and everyone else who's listening in for the ride. Thank you so much for joining us. What you can do if you want to contribute to the show is go to patreon.com forward slash do go on pod. And uh, there are a bunch of different rewards. You can get um, bonus episodes, shout outs. And one thing we also like to do is if you are on the Sydney Shireberg rest in peace uh, level, you can submit a fact, quote, or question. That's right. That's what we're going to do right now. Yes, and this week, uh, fact, and much like last week, I believe, looking up my list, it is another Jacob. This week, Jacob Giron or Iron Giron. G is tricky. G could be anything. Yeah. Is it, is it soft? Is it hard? Is it G- silent? Oh, Giron. Giron. Oh, I like that. Jacob Giron. That's beautiful. Jacob Giron. Jacob Giron. 
Uh, and you get to give yourself your own title. That's right. And Jacob has given himself the title of Vice President of Presidential Vices. Oh, I like that. Oh, what's your presidential vice? Heroin. Oh, yeah, that's good. Nice. One's honey. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Can't get enough. But you can just get that yourself now. Mm. You don't have to be president to get honey. You don't know what I do with the honey. Oh, God, Dave, what do you do with the honey? You don't want to know what I do with the honey. Dave, what do you do with the honey? Cannot say. Is it sex? Is it sex related? You know how presidents are allowed to get away with one crime? Yeah. That's that's my crime. Is that real? Bee boning. Mm. Well, I've said too much. <laughs> wow. What's your presidential vice? A uh, little bit of dark chocolate. Oh, you love uh, a bit of dark chocolate? I love a little bit of dark chocolate. It's so uh, delicious. Anyway, what is the... Jacob Giron, or Jacob Giron, uh, has given us a fact. Mm. And his fact is... Lobsters have bladders on either side of their heads. What? So they communicate by urinating at each other. Is this true? Well, it's a fact. So I guess it is. Uh, if they want another lobster to know that they're happy or sad or angry or interested in a relationship, they say it with pee. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> Exclamation <right>. mark. <laughs> say it with pee. Say it with pee. This Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. It's a beautiful ad campaign. Say it with pee. That's beautiful. Jacob. Jacob, thank you so that's much. That's amazing. Um, if that's not true, we don't fact check, so we don't all worry feel, about it. We all feel happier having known that. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it's a beautiful fact. <sighs> thank you so much, Jacob. The other thing we like to do as well is give a few shout-outs. We usually play a little bit of a game with it, and I told you I was going to forget oh. how you worded it, and now you've forgotten too, haven't you? That was Dave's line. It was... No, it was something you made up. Oh, no, no, Dave made Pseudon- it up. It was like yeah. pseudonym. Suit- Snootonym. Snootonym. Yes, we got there. Good teamwork. So we're going to give them fancy names as if they were hosting a uh, or writing a column or hosting a radio show or something about the arts, yeah, culture, correct. gardening, theatre. Snootonism. Snootonisms. 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 Damn. Okay, firstly... Uh, I'd love to thank from Palm Beach in Queensland, and if I if I'm right here, Dave, I think uh, this is a person who donated a few books to your book cheat cause. Oh. It is Tegan Longman. Thank you, Tegan. Definitely got the War of the Worlds from you, and that was the week that I'd done the report on the War of the Worlds radio play. So oh. that was spooky. <laughs> so spooky. Cool. Spooky. I mean, Tegan Longman. It's not, it's not super snooty. I think we could snoot that right up. Jess, if you're going to snoot No, it? you give me an example because you did it before. Oh, my one before, my one would be pheasant pea. Oh, yes. I can't remember. Fwiffle fwaffle. Okay, yes, I've got it. Caviar H. <laughs> Buckingworth. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Caviar H. Buckingworth. Oh, my goodness. Mm. goodness. Mm. The, the limousine is waiting. Caviar with a K, though, like a Kardashian. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that makes it really classy. Yeah, classy. With a K. K. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Special K. Yeah. <laughs> Ketamine. <laughs> no, we got it. <laughs> Not the cereal. All right. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tegan, a.k.a. Caviar, Caviar H. Buckingworth. I'd also love to thank from Falls Church in Virginia, Mr. Mike Schubert. Oh, Schubert. Schubert's already mm. good, isn't it? Yeah, Mike Schubert. Mike isn't. You'd, oh, Mike's got to go. Obviously, it would be Michael S. Schubert. Yes. But 
We can. I think. Mm, I think we. I think Schubert should be the first name. Oh, Schubert. Uh, softening the tape. Von. Oh, Schubert von Giggelgotts. Ooh. Giggelgotts. No, that's that's, that's rough. Yeah, that's rough. That's I, like a I clown. Like Giggelgotts is quite Giggelgotts. nice. Giggelgotts. Schubert von Giggleygotts. Von Giggleygotts. <laughs> the second. The second. Yes, Thank you. there yes. it is. We got yes. it. Teamwork. Beautiful. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much, much Mike. Schubert. All the way from Falls Church, Virginia. Amazing. Thank you so much. Can Dave, thank some lovely people. Please. Maybe we can class these people up a little bit. Even yeah. though they're already top shelf, we're taking them from top shelf to... Off the shelf, behind the counter. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. Where the good stuff's kept. Oh, yeah. In a gla- in a cabinet or you have to get the staff member to get a key out. Oh, there's a key. There's a key. I hate the that. Cabinet. Honestly, I won't shop there. Like, yeah, so made me talk to someone. It's even just like at the liquor land up the road, like even the ch- cheap, shitty vodkas behind. I was like, I don't want to talk to someone to say, can I please have that? And then, oh, yuck, no. Mm, no, <laughs> no, no. But I would like to thank from Leichhardt in New South Wales, here in Australia, oh. Sean Dunn. Sean oh. Dunn is fantastic. That sounds, uh, Moe and Shan, Sean Dunn. Oh, Shan. Like yeah, Shandon. Yeah, that's what I was going for there. Oh. And Leichhardt, that is where uh, I believe the West Tigers are based out of my NRL team. Ah, oh. uh-huh. a very classy team. Yeah. Speaking of class. Yeah. Okay. Well, I would like to uh, dub the Shandan uh, Dame Victoria oh. Crownborn. Oh. Crownborn. Yes. Born for the crown. Born yes. for the crown, right. It's not something about the crown, you know, when a baby's crowning. No. <laughs> It's crowning. Yeah. Dame Victoria crown born. I love that. When a royal baby is crowning, that's just them putting a mini crown on the baby's head. Yeah. There you go. Okay, Moe and Shandan. Shandan. I mean, I'm happy, I'm happy with that. That's quite Yeah, a, that's fantastic. That's, a pun. that's so good. Fantastic. Well done, everybody involved. Thank you. And I would like to thank uh, from Pheasant Creek in Victoria. That sounds good. Pheasant hunting. Yeah. Those posh people do it. Yeah, this oh, is yeah. posh as shit already. Pheasant Creek. Steve Setty? S-Z-E-T-E-Y. Steve Setty. Steve's got to go. Oh, my. Stephen? Stephen mm. is. Oh, what about already... Stephen becomes Percival? Percival, Percival S. Huntington. Oh, that's oh, yeah. good. Yeah. Percival S. Huntington. Yeah. Percy? That's what and his mother calls him. Percy loves to hunt the pheasants mm. in Pheasant Creek. There it is. You have definitely given him a, a snootonym, yes. which is the thing we're doing for yes. those just tuning in. <laughs> Why are you just tuning in now? Thank you, Steve <laughs> slash Percy. Thank you so much. Can I thank some people to bring us home? Please That'd do it. so nice. I would like to thank <laughs> from Rancho Cook. Cucamonga. Oh, wow. Rancho Cucamonga. Is that real? Is it Cucamonga? Can we go there? Cucamonga. California. That's, I would, that's like a list of comedy names I know. in America. I would love to thank. Keo Cook. Aaron Butler. <gasps> but there's no place for a butler in this no, list. No, he's a butler to the stars, aka okay, himself. Yes. He's his own butler. Lawrence. Oh, yes, loving it already. Follow that flow. Triple bot. Excuse me. Triple bot. Esquire. Esquire. Yes. Oh. Lawrence Triple Bot Esquire. Oh, yeah. very good indeed. Are we happy with that? His, uh, his chums call him Larry. <laughs> <laughs> Over a cognac. 
his chums. Oh, yes, I love a, love a digestive after dinner. Cheerio, chums. Very good. Thank you so much, Aaron slash Lawrence. Lawrence? <laughs> From Rancho Cucamonga. Rancho Cucamonga. I just looked it up. It's not too far from Anaheim and L.A., sort of inland. Ah. Uh, well, near so San Bernardino. Oh. Uh, Riverside. There's a few other places. I, I don't know if these are, like, places I've heard of another place, but just short of um, Mount San Antonio, mm. just south of. Anyway, thank you, Aaron. And finally, bringing us home today from Salisbury in Wiltshire, Great Britain, Ed Sampson. Ed Sampson, Edward. Ed Sampson's a great name, by but, the way. Yeah. Uh, posh Spice. That's what you want to change it to. Yeah, that's the poshest of names. Can you get posher than that? The old rule of six, create a pattern. <laughs> <laughs> and then destroy the pattern. Destroy it with beautiful All right. comedy. You happy with Posh Spice? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we could zhuzh it up a slight bit. Okay, okay. All right. Posh L. Speche. <laughs> oh. Posh L. Speche. <laughs> oh, who is this foreigner? Spanish royalty. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's right. Posh. Bow down to the Infanta. <laughs> yeah, love it. Posh. El Speche. Mm. Beautiful. Mm. And I think you'll be pretty happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you'll agree we nailed it. And we did it That for was you. worth you contributing to the show. Thank you so much, Ed. Aaron, Steve, sh- how do you say Sian? Sean. Sean. Sean, Mike, and Tegan. Thank you so much, you absolute legends. I was going to try and go back through the names we came back with, but I would battle to Oh, yeah, the no, six. I've completely forgotten. But that. I would love to see any of you, um, you know, get an official uh, number plate or something made yeah. out of your new title. I don't think we're asking Maybe too much Maybe a fake there. ID or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> or real ID when you change your name by deed poll. Yeah, Please. which I know takes a while, so just the Facebook name would do for now. Maybe some monogrammed handkerchiefs. Yeah, you're fancy. Yeah. You need some hankies. Okay. You don't blow your nose with a tissue. Yuck. That's Ooh. for commoners. Ooh. Peasants. Anyway, but if you would also like to um, be a Patreon and contribute a little bit to the show, Maybe. again, you can do that. At patreon.com slash do go on pod. And in exchange, we'll uh, bring you up society's We'll ranks. bring you up. We'll bring you up. We'll, we'll parent you. you. Yeah. <laughs> we'll <laughs> yeah, raise yeah. you. You'll have three parents. It'll be confusing, but worth it. I uh, I don't know. I, I didn't tell you this, but a couple of weeks ago when I was doing the Patreon reads on my own, I may have said that if someone contributes enough, we will keep you alive. You will not die. Oh, in our hearts, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I I think I will pay for their life support or something. Oh. We will. Yeah. What does that mean? If they support us enough, we'll support them back. When they die, we'll keep them alive. Okay. We Basically, well, we are I'm granting not... one lucky listener eternal life. I put an iron lung out on hard rubbish. When I get home, I'm going to have to bring it back <laughs> oh, in. No. Oh, that's, you really should have let us know me. that. Sorry yeah. about that. Okay. I just threw out my defibrillator. Oh, dear. Because I hadn't used it on anyone in a yeah. while. And you watched Mary Kondo. Yeah, and I was like, does it spark joy? No, it, it sparks, sparks hearts. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, if, it's, if it starts sparking, you probably should return it. That's, yeah. Uh, okay. That's not a good, not a good, def- not a good defibrillator. No. Fibber. Um. Check yes. us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Do go on pod on all of those. Do go on pod at gmail.com. 
Um, and all of the information will be in the notes. And also, you can go to dogoonpod.com. Yeah, do that. We've got the Brisbane show coming up. Hopefully another one being announced real soon. And uh, apart from that, yeah, just uh, just be good. Be just, good to yourselves. Just stay cool. And each, each other. Thank you. Butts. Yeah. And each other's butts. Yeah, yeah. be nice you, to bums. If you need a signal to someone, just uh, use the bladder on the left or the right-hand side of your head. <laughs> and if you are, as you know, going around the world in 80 sex positions, let us know. Yeah. Let us What's know how fave? you go. Oh, number 80. Ooh. Number 69. Oh, I know what I'm going to do for that. <laughs> missionary. <laughs> oh. All of them are missionary. Yeah. <laughs> They're all missionary. <laughs> missionary in Mexico. <laughs> no, we have fun. No, we don't. No, we pretend we have fun. <laughs> I, I have fun. No, you're wrong. <laughs> you don't. Oh. Sorry. All right. We love you. Thank you so much for listening and goodbye. Laters. Love Bye. you. Bye. Laters. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.